All right, so I'm excited because we are beginning a brand new series tonight called Jesus Said What? I don't know, that was, sorry. I was just gonna say it and then that just felt right. All right, so we're starting a series called Jesus Said What? And here's what we're doing. Over the course of the series, we're looking at real issues, topics, things that we deal with every single day. Stuff that's a part of our culture, things that we may have questions about, stuff that we're like, hey, what, what's the truth about this? Or how should, I, how should I feel about this? And so things like next week, racism. All right, be here next week as we talk about that. Things like sexuality, things like money and pornography and divorce and so many of these other things, suicide that we're gonna get into. And that's just a, a small, um, just a few of the topics that we're gonna get into. And so that's what we're gonna be doing between now and Thanksgiving is we're gonna be in this series talking about these things. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at what Jesus said. What did Jesus say about th these things? And then we're gonna, we're gonna be challenged to make a decision to either choose to follow Jesus or to choose to follow the way of the culture and the world around us. And as we said at the beginning of the year, if you and I are gonna be, gonna take the, the church of Jesus Christ into the future and, and watch God do amazing things through the church 20, 50 years down the road, then I think it's gonna require all of us to courageously and passionately choose to follow Jesus no matter what, even if it means that we go against the grain of the culture. Now, part of the challenge that, that I think sometimes we face when we get into to stuff like this is we think we know what Jesus says that, or, or we may say, well, Jesus said this, that Jesus actually didn't say, right? We may feel like we have a pretty good handle on that or we make it up and then inadvertently, we actually put words in Jesus' mouth that never came out of Jesus' mouth. And here's a great example. Go ahead and check out this video. All right, so that, that might've been the highest quality video you've ever seen in your entire life. And you may think that's the only one we got, but we don't, there's more. So you'll see those over the, over the course of the series. And, um, and so that, we're not gonna say things that we feel like Jesus might have said or things that we, we feel like might've been, might have been true. We're gonna actually look at the things that Jesus really said that literally came out of his mouth and that we know because they were written down and they've been kept intact over the last 2000 years since when Jesus first said them. And so that's what we're gonna do over the course of this series. And so tonight, as we begin this series, we're gonna look at what might be for some of us, the biggest barrier that we're gonna face when it comes to following Jesus. This is something that for a lot of us, and, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, I think all of us are, it is, a, it is a mindset that has become very popular in the culture nowadays. And it becomes a barrier for us to wanna to follow Jesus. And so if I were to ask you this question, which I'm going to, and you just think about this, what makes the decisions or who makes the decisions for your life every single day? Now just think about that question for a minute. Who makes the decisions for your life every single day? Is it mom and dad? Maybe for some of you. Maybe that's why you're mad in the room tonight because they're trying to make more decisions than you want them to make for your life. Maybe, or at least in part, mom and dad are helping make some of those decisions for your life. Maybe, you, maybe it's your friends, people that you hang out with in your, in your circle of influence. Maybe it's other people in the culture. Um, 
Maybe it's Jesus, right? Jesus sounds like a good answer to give to a, a question like that. So maybe it's Jesus. Who makes the decisions for your life every day? And I would bet that for many, the answer would be yourself. Right? It's you. You make the decisions for your life every single day. You decide what you want to do. You decide how to think. You decide what to believe. You decide where to go. I mean, you decide everything. And in today's culture, like that feels normal. That feels right. Right? That doesn't sound like, we don't feel like bad about saying that. We don't feel like that's even a weird thing. It's like, that almost feels like an obvious question. And it's not even an American, like Western culture kind of thing. Like this is, this is what, in a lot of studies are saying, this, this idea of what we're going to call individualism is, a, is becoming a global phenomenon. And, and the idea of individualism is basically that I control my life and my decisions and I do what I want. right? And I'm thinking about myself more than I'm thinking about anybody else. It's all about me. I mean, more or less, that's kind of the idea of individualism. And so we all have, right, there's kind of this thing now that's going around like, hey, we all have our own truth, right? That's becoming a, a popular thing. Like, you, hey, you've got your truth and I've got my truth and she's got her truth and he's got his truth. And like, we've all got our own truth and they don't even have to line up. Like, they don't even have to be the same truth. They could be completely different and it doesn't really matter because that's yours and this is mine, and we can all coexist, like we can all somewhat get along. The only thing that'll put a wrench in that is if your truth, you start saying that that should be my truth. But as long as you keep it with you, I don't care what you do because I'm gonna do what I wanna do. So I'm gonna come up with my truth and the things that I believe and the things that I wanna do and how I see the world. And then I'm just gonna live according to that. And don't do anything to mess that up. Right? And we do this like all the time with everything. So it plays out in marriages, man. Is, are you not happy with your marriage? Hey, no big deal. Like just get out and go find another one. Go find a better one. Go find something that's going to make you a little bit happier. Hey, you don't like your job right now. Is it not perfect for you in every way? Hey, just quit your job and go find one that's going to be better for you. Right? And there's so many different examples that we could go on and on about, about how this plays in to our decision-making every single day. But the idea behind it is don't let anyone tell you what to do. Don't let anyone tell you that you're wrong. And don't do anything that doesn't benefit you. Why? Because at the end of the day, you deserve and I deserve to be happy. And that really is the goal of individualism. The goal of individualism is personal happiness. At the end of the day, I just want to determine what I want to do so that I can reach happiness, so that I can be happy and satisfied with my life. And I don't care about anything else. I'm going to make decisions based on what's going to make me happy. That's the end goal. And that's what individualism looks like. So how does that compare to the, some of the things that Jesus said? Is that different? Is that run counter? Or is it line up and similar to what Jesus said? Well, let's look at a couple of things that Jesus said. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, 
Jesus said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? In Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28, he says, You know that the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave or must become last. For even the son of man, talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve other people and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then one more thing that Jesus said, Matthew 22, starting verse 37, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there's just a couple of things that Jesus said that when you start diving into some of those words and you thinking about it, all of a sudden you're going, okay, they, these don't line up. These are two distinct options, two much different ideas and mindsets of either living for yourself, right? And that's option one. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna follow me. Like I'm gonna do what I wanna do. I'm gonna hang on to my life. I'm gonna do the things that, are gonna, that I feel like are gonna benefit me and make me happy. Or option two is I can give up my rights to myself and follow Jesus and what he wants for my life. Now, let's be real. That first option is a whole lot more attractive, isn't it? Like, I mean, most of us, we look at that, if we, whether we know anything about Jesus or not, we hear that and we think about those words and we're like, why would I choose that? Why would I choose to give up my rights to myself? Like, why would I choose to give up everything for this guy, Jesus? And what if he asked me to do something that I don't want to do? What if it leads me down a path that I don't want? Like, why would I, why would I choose that option? I'd, I'd Why would I want someone else to make the decisions for my life? I'd much rather just do what I want to do. See, let's let's just be honest. Like the words that Jesus is saying in a couple of those passages, it doesn't feel like that's what's best for us. It goes against the natural way that we would think sometimes. The natural way that you and I operate probably on a daily basis where we just get up and we go, all right, what do I want to do? And we just, everything that we do, it is so ingrained in our lives and into our decision-making that we're just going to do anything and everything that's going to make us happy. So why are we going to choose to give control of that over to Jesus? I think the only way that we would change that mindset and that understanding to open ourselves up a little bit to what Jesus is saying is if we begin to understand who Jesus actually is. That Jesus isn't just some guy that walked around with a robe and said some things 2,000 years ago and we're like, man, that's great, but a lot of people said some things. That we didn't just see Jesus in that light 
but we saw Jesus for who he actually is. That we saw Jesus as the creator, as the one who made us. And who knows what's best for their creation better than the creator? Who's gonna know what's, what's best for, for us than the one who knows us and made us and loves us? So understanding who Jesus is and what he's saying, I think opens us up a little bit more to see what he's saying in, this, in these verses. To understand that God created us to experience joy and pleasure and purpose. That's why Jesus put us on this earth is to experience those things. But he, he put us on this earth to experience those things in a relationship with him. And that's why he says some of the crazy things that he says, these bold statements when he says in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. In John 10, 11, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. John eleven twenty five 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no one can come to the Father, to God, except through me. And then I love this one. John 15, 5, he says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me or stay connected to me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, separated from me, doing your own thing, you can do nothing. See, this is what Jesus is promising us. He's offering life and purpose, but he's saying that you and I will only find it when we follow him. And when you and I choose to give up our rights to ourselves, and we follow after Jesus and we surrender and submit to what Jesus wants for our life, Jesus makes some bold promises here. You will experience life. You will bear much fruit. You will not walk in darkness, but you will walk in the light. You will never hunger or thirst again. Like there are all of these bold statements that Jesus is making. Jesus is promising that if you will follow after me and give up your rights to yourself, it doesn't lead to a worse life, which naturally feels like that's what it would lead to. No, because I created you, I made you, I love you, I made you in my image. I know what's best for you, so follow me. And if you will do that, you will experience what you were created for. Okay, so... Maybe it doesn't sound quite so bad of an option. Like maybe Jesus was onto something. Maybe following Jesus isn't that bad. But is it, isn't it really better for us to do our own thing? Like doesn't this individualistic mindset, doesn't it actually benefit us in the end? Well, what is the result of that? If, if we're going to kind of chase down that path and we're going to say, no, you know what? Thanks, Jesus. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to seek out my own personal happiness. What's the end result? Let me just give you a couple of them. The first one is you are limited by what you can do. 
you are limited by what you can do. So if, if we want to keep control of our lives, we're putting our, our lives in the hands of flawed, broken human beings. Right? Us. We're now in control of our lives, which means we've limited ourselves because we're going to make mistakes. We're going to screw things up. We're going to fall short. We're not going to know sometimes what's the best decision to make. We're sometimes going to make decisions that actually are going to lead to a worse solution. We're going to end up in a worse place than we were before we made the decision because we don't always know what's best. And so we, we want to hold so tightly onto this idea that, man, if I can just maintain my own freedom and my own individualism, if I can just do what I want to do, then it's going to benefit me in the end. But that's not necessarily the case. It's not always how it's going to end up. And there are quite frankly sometimes, and I know my own limitations and how much of a wreck I am sometimes. I know that I don't know what's best for me all the time. I know that I'm going to make a mess sometimes. And things are going to be worse off than they were before I made that decision. And I don't know, maybe that's a reason why there's such a rise in anxiety. I mean, at the same time that there's such a rise in individualism and like we want to do what we want to do and we want to maintain control, at the same time, it's like there's this rise in anxiety, maybe because we know that like, man, now it's up to me. Like now all the pressure's on me. Now I've got to make sure that I don't screw this whole thing up. And what, but what if I make a bad decision? What if I choose to go to that college and that ends up worse off? Or what if I, I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do? And what if, what if I make a mistake? Or what if that relationship ends bad? And now all of a sudden, like, we've got the control that we want, but now we've got all this anxiety that's come with it. And why would we limit what we can do when we can follow Jesus who is unlimited in what he can do. Why would we still try to hang on to control when we're limited by what we can do? Here's the second thing. We become narcissistic. Now, that's not a term any of us want to be known for, right? Maybe you don't even know what that term means, but it just means basically we're just self-consumed. Like everything's about us. Everything that we do, like the result in a society filled with people who only think about themselves, right? So we will hurt people and we won't even have remorse for it because, well, if it benefited me in the end, I don't, I don't really care who it hurt because I'm going to benefit. We're not looking to help other people. We're only focused on our wants and our desires. And the truth is like a society that operates like that doesn't stand very long. I mean, if, if you've got a, a community of people that all they're, all they're doing is like, thinking about themselves and it's self-focused and me-focused and all of that, like it's not going to be a community that thrives. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a, a group of friends who like everybody was just focused on themselves, right? That's not going to be a very healthy group of friends and it probably won't last for very long. Like at some point, the whole thing is going to blow up. But have you ever been a, a part of a group of friends that they genuinely care about each other? They genuinely serve and sacrifice for, for each other because they care about each other, because they love each other. Like that's a group of friends where you experience life as a result of that. 
And then the last thing is we become lonelier and more isolated. It is interesting that your generation is more connected to the world around you than any other generation before, right? And you guys have heard this probably to the point you're like, I just wanna punch you right now for saying that again. But like you could find out what happened in India 30 seconds ago, right? Just by picking up your phone. I mean, you, you are so, and it is incredible. It's amazing the amount of connectedness that we have with the entire world. And yet at the same time, like studies are showing that your generation is lonelier than any other generation before you. The amount of people who say they are lonely has doubled to 40 million people over the last 30 years. And the more individualistic we become, the more lonely and isolated we are. And that's not how we were meant to be. You and I were created for community, not for isolation. So maybe following Jesus actually is worth it. Like if, if Jesus loved us, if Jesus was the one that created us, then maybe he does know what's best for us. And so when he makes these statements of, hey, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Hey, you've got to be willing to serve other people ahead of your own. Hey, you've got to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Like we actually become third place in that. Like maybe there's a reason why Jesus is saying these things. Maybe it is actually worth it. And I have learned so often in my own life that when I hang on to what I want and when I am like, no, today I'm gonna be self-focused and self-centered and I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Like I'm worse off. My family is worse off because now they've got a self-serving husband and father. Like my relationship with God is worse off. Like it doesn't benefit anything in the end. But when I am willing to wake up each day and give up my rights to myself and say, all right, Jesus, I understand and believe that what you have for me is better than what I could have for myself. And so I'm gonna follow you. This is where we experience life and purpose that Jesus has promised we will experience. And we get the honor and the privilege of bringing glory to the God who made us and who loves us. See, the goal of individualism is personal happiness, but the goal of following Jesus is bringing God glory. And that's what you and I were meant for. That's what we were put on this earth to do, is to know him and to bring glory and honor to him. And to have that mindset like John says in John chapter three, verse 30, where he says, I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater. Where we wake up every day and say, all right, God, it is not about me. It is not about me. And everything screams, it is about you. But God, help me to remember that it is not about me. It is about Jesus. It is about bringing you glory. It is about surrendering to what you want. So my question for us tonight is, as we get ready to close and go to groups. What's it gonna take for you to give that up? What's standing in the way of you giving up your rights to yourself and choosing to follow Jesus? What's it gonna take for you to be willing to do that? Jesus is inviting all of us, hey, come follow me. 
And I will lead you down the path that leads to life and purpose. And you watch what I can do with your life. The question is, are we willing to say yes to what Jesus wants? Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, for these bold statements that you make. And God, the reality is in this culture and in this world where there is a rise in individualism, there's a rise in, man, do what you want to do and have your own truth and believe what you want. And Jesus, you have held firm since the, before the beginning of the world because you are truth, because you are life. And when you breathe life into us, you breathe with it purpose and meaning and a need for you and a dependency on you. And so God, yet so often because of our sin, we wanna go in the opposite direction. But God, I pray that you would challenge us. I pray that you would help us to be willing to follow you, to deny ourselves, to give up rights to ourselves, and to follow you no matter what it looks like, no matter what it takes, believing that you have the words to life. God, would you help us to do that? We pray in Jesus' name, amen.